0: Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on direct TV Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends.
1: Just you any season to see. The Eagles and the teams like Scrammy's topped with cheese. in Philadelphia, Bullsh- when Zach kicking it cooler than two. Until Zach runs off with his valet key. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a
0: branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some. Where's with friends? Bo- Zach
2: coming at with steps and things, flapping their wings on you. How do you okay.
0: have time to
3: consume all this content? You're listening to Dave Spadaro <laughs> yeah. interviews. I, I took the morning bike ride and I just Oh, oh, oh I want oh, to hear more about that, but go oh, ahead. No, the Schuylkill Trail. I, I,
0: oh, right. Really? Oh, yes. Wow. Yeah, but,
3: yeah.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Tuesday afternoon for one of our favorite shows of the year. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn, and special guest Deontay Lee joining us for the Spread Your Wins and Fly draft. We're going to go through the 31 other teams in the NFL. They're projected over-unders and draft what we think uh, is going to happen to those teams. But, uh, Zach, I think we should talk about the elephant in the room right away uh, before before we get to know how Deontay's doing. Let's let's just get it out of the way. Your thoughts on the Harry Styles Spitting at Chris Pine or not spitting at Chris Pine controversy.
3: I have no idea what you're talking about. I, I figured this was gonna be about the Florida State LSU game, right? Going for two there, which he which Brian Kelly should have done. Uh but I I know who Chris Pine is, know the name Harry Styles, but can't tell you <laughs> that, Zach. You I, don't know I, who I Harry Styles is. That. I refuse to believe that. I mean, I, I know I, like, vaguely it. who it is, but I, I couldn't pick him. I don't think I could pick him out of a lineup. No. Is that bad? I, I should probably say I should know who he is. I did not know this was coming. That would
1: have been time. one of the one of the opportunities to lie and say that you definitely know exactly <laughs> okay.
3: who All right. Model. Thanks, Deontay. I, I, <laughs> I see you've already picked up on the birds with French tradition of piling it onto me early. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I know. That's a drop. Uh, I know. Yeah. Let's say I I I know who he is. I, I have seen images on Twitter today. Um, there we go. The two of them, but I am I'm, I'm not familiar with the story. So,
2: Deontay, what do you think? Yes, spit or no spit?
1: I say no on spit, but Chris Pine's just general like disposition through, <laughs> through everything that I've seen in in the media between like the press conferences and interviews, and then the actual incident it makes me think that maybe Chris Pine thought that he was spit at. Mm. <laughs> So In which yet, case I'm he handled it.
2: He, he handled it remarkably very, well, very yeah. coolly. Okay, uh,
1: Marissa, how are you?
4: I'm great. This is this is exactly what everyone tuned in this afternoon to hear. So I'm really glad that we got that out of the way in the first three minutes of the podcast. Yeah,
2: uh, we we did have a chance to talk to the coordinators today at the Novacare Complex. We maybe we'll get to that at the very end of the show, but let's uh, let's not waste Deontay's time any further. He's been generous to join us, and so uh, let's get into it uh, now. Zach, you are the defending champion here of the spread your wins and fly draft. Uh, And I explained to Deontay ahead of time, we will each get, we'll go in a snake draft order and we each get our two challenge flags in which, in which uh, say you draft the, uh, the Eagles over. I think it's going to be the Eagles under. We can throw the challenge flags. Of course, the Eagles not eligible for this draft, but because you are the defending champion, you get to decide which spot in the order you want. First, second, or third.
3: I suppose I'll take first.
2: Okay, leading off, I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Deontay as our guest. Do you would you like to go second, or do you want the uh, the the sandwich at the uh, at the three? I'll go
1: second. I'll go second. I'm so terrible. This is the reason why I don't do fantasy because snake drafts just break my brain. I, I never know how to strategize around it. That's fair. And uh, I guess we should also say
2: stakes wise. Um, I don't know if we're doing what we did last year, but last year whoever finished in third place had to leave the company. So
1: <laughs> all right, um, we'll fair just enough. That in
2: mind, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> All right, Zach, kick <laughs> us off. Kick us off. Uh,
3: so when I saw this number, I thought it was a misprint. Okay. Is there a misprint? And then I saw uh, your power rankings today, and I saw Austin Mock's predictive model. And I'm wondering, okay, oh, this number still seems high, although Austin Mox's predictive number had it relatively a- around here. But the Chicago Bears... Getting they're they're listed here on our spreadsheet as six, you know, as, as the number being six. I tend to like a half one way or the yeah. other, so you don't push, right? But but we're going with what the number is here. I don't see a six-win team. Now, I mean, longtime listeners know I've I've been a Justin Fields Stan. Is that the term stan? Uh, Justin yeah. Fields stan going back a long time here, ever since his Georgia days. But uh, I just don't think he has the talent around him. That roster is barren, um, so I am going under. Uh, I'm I'm going under six, six, um, uh, six wins here. So give me the under.
2: Now, scouting wise, Zach, you said you know you've got you got the power rankings open. You've probably listened to Deontay's uh, takes on the uh, the Athletic Football Show. I was listening to the NFC West. you are, you are a, a closed book here. We don't know what you think about these teams.
3: Yeah, I don't know what I think of these teams either, to be honest with you. So, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, st- I'm staying away from uh, betting on the NFL. Pick. I'm staying away from betting on the NFL this year. So, uh, I, uh, I haven't looked as closely to it other than recreationally for these activities. But I'm going Bears under six.
1: You think that's a reasonable pick, Deontay? I think that's a pretty reasonable pick. I, <laughs> I do not think that. Chicago Bears fans are going to have a lot of fun with this season. It's just so hard to envision what this offense is supposed to look like um, and being productive over 17 games. I really struggle to see where the explosive offense is coming from. The offensive line hasn't improved enough to make me think that they can run the ball or protect for fields. And anytime you are putting a young quarterback, who I do think has a lot of promise, um, to be clear, under that kind of fire or duress, asking him to convert on a lot of third and longs. It's usually a recipe for a lot of sacks, a lot of sack strips, a lot of interceptions and asking guys to, you know, kind of play above their weight class. And I I don't see a lot of guys that are breakout candidates on this roster. So, and I think that Robert Quinn might be traded, which is their best edge rusher. So I, I don't think that this is a, a ripe foundation for more than maybe four or so wins this season.
2: Yeah. I don't see how they're helping him scheme wise, protection wise, or weapons wise. So, that's a tough, but on the yeah,
3: other, Will turnout. Anderson will look pretty good in their jersey next year. So, yes, there you go.
1: All right, Deonta, you are you are up, my friend. Um, this is one um, like Zach that I'm pretty passionate about. When I saw the number, and that's Tennessee as an under. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that. They have major cratering potential um i think that the way that they ended the year and obviously some of that was kind of boosted by the fact that derrick henry was out you know so you definitely want to be fair in those scenarios but if you're evaluating the roster you lose their number one explosive play guy in the passing game in aj brown um i think that ryan Tannehill is probably right at about that crest you know on the mountain you know is, is he going to fall off the cliff this year or next but i definitely think that that's on the way um, and then they lose Harold Landry, who was their best pass rusher last season. I don't know if they're going to be able to get after the quarterback in the same kind of ways for as creative as they've been. Uh, and I'm I'm just not a big fan of what they have at receiver right now. So unless Derrick Henry comes out and has some near or over two thousand yard year where he's rushing for you know twenty plus touchdowns, I have a really hard time seeing how they meet even the nine win mark. So I'm definitely going under for them.
2: I think that's a good one that was on my list. There they are at nine. It's just tough. Like any any optimism is like. They play in a bad division, and Mike right. Rabel has a good track record of of like over uh, performing relative to their their baseline talent. It's like it's not really based on anything else. So I think that's a good one. Zach any any Titans thoughts on hashtag right. versus Titans?
3: They miss a j brown. <laughs> that's 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 my <laughs> big one. I mean, it's like uh, a lot. you know, yeah yeah, when you see that offense right now and then you see the the contracts that wide receivers, Got like I think AJ Brown got paid market value, right? So that's that's one of those. It's it's like they created a problem and they don't really have an adequate solution.
2: All right, I got two picks uh, now. I think uh, listeners would would not be surprised to know that like I see a lot more unders that I like than overs. That's uh, very bow because yeah, I'm I'm probably uh, more of a hater. But uh, so that's why I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on an over at least to start a team that I I think is gonna hit it. And I know that they've got the hardest schedule in the league. I know that they lost Tyreek Hill, but ten and a half for the chiefs when you've got Man, you funny. know maybe the best quarterback in the league, if not uh, top two, top three, uh, a top three right. offensive line, a top three uh, offensive schemer, and Andy Reed. Give me the give me the chiefs over ten and a half. i'm I'm betting on on Patrick Mahomes.
1: They're so fascinating to me because of what they're going to be asking some of their young defensive players to contribute this year. So I think if you're looking for a pathway for them to be under, it would be that guys like George Carlaftis and Trent McDuffie are maybe a little bit in over their head um, and bringing in new guys like Justin Reed to learn this scheme. So that's kind of the one question I have about it. But when you look at the other side of the ball, I mean, I I will always trust that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reed are kind of a 10 win. That's kind of a 10 win combination, almost like sight unseen, you know, so I, I would say that. For as tough as that division is going to be, I, I still trust them to be right in that, you know, 10, 11 win kind of mark. So, and I would not be shocked at all if they end up winning 12 or 13 games and dominating the division the way that they've been doing for the last half decade anyways.
3: Yeah, that was the 1A on my list, right? I I mm-hmm. had, I had the bears and the chiefs there and I figured that I, I tried doing a little game theory here and figured Bo would just pound all the unders, so I was gonna save my overs. Yeah, <laughs> over Yeah, but, had to get uh, over yeah. but uh, if, if if I had to do it over again, I would go with that because I feel more confident. In I the feel Chiefs. like that's
2: your that's generally your favorite pick is is Chiefs. Absolutely,
3: over. Yeah. this is like the third year in a row I have the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl, right? So okay. I, I just yeah, I, I just keep playing that 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 card.
2: All right, and uh, I will then go back to my uh, true self and uh, <laughs> and hit an under here, uh, and this is the one that I think uh, you know aside from. Eagles fans rooting for the Eagles. This is their second priority this year, uh, and that's the Saints under. It's eight and a half here, which is actually lower than than you might see some other places. Uh, mm. You know, I, you know, there's there are some people who think they have a chance to win that division. I don't see it. Uh, you know, this is a team now. Jameis got hurt last year, but this was a, a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. The offensive line gets gets worse. Yeah. Uh, the defense, who knows? It's you know, there's so much. Uh, variance year to year on defense you know they they're they're sort of this um hubris that they can just trade cj gardner johnson and be fine in the secondary even though they've got a bunch of older players on defense uh i i think we probably underestimate how important sean payton was here so uh give me the give me the saints under i think there is also crater potential here for this to be a five six win team
1: I can definitely see that. And to me, it's not just Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like they lost Marcus Williams as well, who's, you know, over the last four or five seasons, you can make an argument was a top five safety in the league. Um, like you said, you're losing Sean Payton, you know, your offensive master mastermind. I don't have any problems with like Pete Carmichael as a play caller, because I think everything that I've seen is that that brain trust put the whole thing together with Drew Brees anyhow, while he was there. But it is different going from being the defensive coordinator to being the head coach and not having the actual architect you know, kind of pulling the strings. Um, And then I look at just that defensive backfield. I think that to bank on them hitting the over would be to say that a guy like Tyron Matthew can have another all pro level year to cover for Marcus Williams. I'm not sure if that's where he's at right now um, in his career. They're bringing in new wide receivers as well. And like you said, that offensive line is certainly getting worse. Losing Teron Armstead, Trevor Penning, not necessarily looking like a one to one or a quick drop in as a replacement. I have some real concerns about this offense. And some of their top guys, you know, in the defensive backfield, and if that's what we get, that does not sound like a division winning or a division, you know, competing type of team. And like you, I think that they definitely have some crater potential for this to turn into a five-win type of season.
3: Yeah, far be it for me to pick against Peter King, right? Who who has them as a Super Bowl yeah, team, right? Um, right? But I'm I'm with both of you here. I, I know it doesn't make for good podcasting when we all agree. I just I just don't see it. I, I, I guess the reason for optimism is, and, and I, I know you just mentioned this, but un, unlike, say, the AFC West, you can probably stack up some division right. wins there against Carolina, against Atlanta. Uh, I just don't know if they're so significantly better. Like, those those AFC West uh, teams, not to foreshadow here, but it's like if you put them in a different division, you're like, all right, that team's winning the division, right? Right. Um, so... That's the only thing I can see for the Saints, but I just don't see a uh, like a high ceiling team there.
1: Yeah, I think it. that's well said. All right, Deontay, you are uh, you're back on the clock. Um, so this one might come as a surprise. I'm going with Seattle, and I'm hitting the over. For oh, I like this. Um, I just find this team to be kind of fascinating. You know, obviously, the first thing that you have to reckon with is the loss of Russell Wilson, and I never want to undersell that. Not only are you, using, are you losing a still-talented quarterback, that is somebody who kind of held up this franchise for a while. Um, I just don't look at this as a complete teardown right now. I think offensively, they still have an infrastructure to be productive. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, Robert Mays on the athletic football show, but I think that with Shane Waldron there, they'll probably do a lot of empty stuff. That was something that he worked out really well with Jared Goff. I think that that fits a guy like Geno Smith's um, skill set really well. I think that if you're doing a lot more in empty and getting the ball out quickly, that protects your young tackles and Abe Lu- and Abe Lucas and Charles Cross, who I think both over the preseason look like they might be, true bookend types, or at least have the potential to be so. And if you get that in this three, four transition on the defensive end happens and they're able to generate some kind of pass rush, I can certainly see this being a, a seven, win team. I don't expect them to compete at the top of the NFC West, but I would never expect a Pete Carroll and John Schneider franchise to just bottom all the way out.
2: And I think that's like, uh, th- this is why I had them a little bit higher than some other people in the power rankings is just, this is a team that is motivated to win, right? right. Like, uh, them and the Panthers, for instance, like you know the the Falcons, you know they're going to be turning the page pretty soon. We think to right. like next year, uh, and and evaluating these young guys. Like Pete Carroll is not uh, is not ever looking at next year, uh, and right. they're also going to like they're designed to invite close games. I feel like uh, I feel like I like that pick.
3: I I had a hard time here. This was one that I wanted to stay away from, um, but I'm I'm kind of debating whether to throw a challenge flag here or mm. not. Five and a half, though, is a low number. I'm just going to stick away from this one. I I, I can see uh, the point that, that Deontay outlined well. The flip side to that is their quarterback situation might be the worst in the league, that or Houston, right? So uh, right. it's hard to pick on teams with uncertain quarterback situations. What about Washington? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I would probably take, <laughs> I would take Carson over Geno Smith.
1: Okay. Um, One of the things that Bo said that I really liked is the motivation to win because they have five picks in the top 70, right? So they're going to be in good position to make a move with those picks to go get a quarterback if that's what they want to prioritize. So this is not one of those, hey, we'll only get one shot in the first round Mm -hmm. to make it happen. You know, if we want to go take a shot at a QB, so we need to make sure that we're as close to the top three as possible, even if they land in that Seven, eight, you know, maybe up to you know eleven type of range. They can package these picks together and go get a CJ Stroud or a Will Levis or a Bryce Young or an Anthony Richardson. If that's how you know the draft order shakes out, and that's what they want to prioritize. And on the flip side, they can always trade those picks for the next disgruntled veteran quarterback. You know, so they have, I think, a lot of motivation to try to show that this roster will be viable for a good quarterback to step into and be able to go compete immediately. Do you have a uh, an early preference
2: among those those quarterbacks, Deontay?
1: Um, coming into the season, C.J. Shroud is probably the guy that I have as one. Both uh, guy. <laughs> so that <laughs> that's probably guy. the one that I really have zeroed in. Um, I'm sure you know if I ever come back on later in the year, if this if the season goes sideways for the Eagles, right? Exactly. be a guy that we'll talk about um, again sometime down the road too. But he's definitely first for me. Um, and then I would say that right now, the way that Anthony Richardson looked. If that's how he plays throughout the season, then that makes a really kind of yeah. sneaky, interesting, and uh, second choice for me.
3: I agree. That, he was fun to watch there. That two point conversion was awesome.
1: Wild, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, right Zach, here. you're up.
3: So uh, somewhere down 95. Why don't you make your first
2: pick? We'll take it. We'll take a break, and then you can come back so you can have a second to think. Okay.
3: All right. So 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 my first pick here somewhere down i ninety five. Lamar Jackson is seeing Miles Sanders. His quote and is saying, I agree. Put some respect to my name. What is an MVP quarterback with that coaching staff and that roster doing at nine and a half? That's a double-digit win team. They've been a double-digit win team before. They had it, they had bad injury luck last year. Add that to the fact that they lost some close games there um, that that they were in. Uh, Baltimore can play with absolutely anybody. Uh, I, I really like. That roster, I'm not so worried about the wide receiver situation. Give me Baltimore over nine and a half.
1: I don't hate it, you know. This actually was one that I had circled that I wanted to hit too. Um, but it's married to an under that I think that I might have an opportunity to get to <laughs> in the next round um, in that division. Like you, I think that, hey, if you're just looking at the fact that you have an MVP-level quarterback who will be healthy again, um, I trust what John Harbaugh has built. Um, In Baltimore and then you look at just what they have in terms of defensive personnel before you even get to what they might be as this kind of new age 3-4 under Mike McDonald. I just love what they have in the secondary. I think that all those guys are kind of perfectly positioned to do what they to do what they do best. And with a guy like Jalen Armour Davis as a rookie with Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey healthy that's an opportunity to play a lot of man coverage, something that I think we'll talk about with the Eagles again throughout the year. And when you have a defense that where you can just rush for and play tight coverage the way that I think they can, that opens up a lot of opportunities for you to take things away from offenses. And if that's what the case is that plus MVP level quarterback usually gets you into the double digit win column. I wish I was, I was disagreeing with you guys. I'm, 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 I'm getting
2: anxious to throw my challenge flags, but, uh, but I'm with you on the Ravens. Uh, all right, let's take a little break uh, and we'll be back with the, uh... Round three of the Spread Your Wins and Fly draft. Zach on the clock.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. Requires high-speed internet. Connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply.
2: All right, back on Burns with friends. Zach, you are on the clock. So far, you have the Ravens over and the Bears under.
3: So this pick here—it's—I uh, have a lot of classy friends up there, but oh, I need really? to see <laughs> oh, okay. the, the New York Football Giants going under here like that. So their uh-huh. number. Yeah their number on our spreadsheet is 7 okay and i understand there are winnable games in this division but what i mean this is a team that hasn't shown you know they they didn't they did have a good draft you can say they have an upgrade in coaching staff but i don't see like an like an eight win roster there and that surprises me that they are this high um lukewarm on daniel jones i think that's a team that's like trying to that's the, put most, something that's the best thing that anyone has said about Daniel Jones in years. <laughs> um, yes. Now the the one thing is is you can say that it's it's kind of like in like an Eagles team from last year where uh, this this new coaching staff and they're they're figuring out this young roster, but I I don't think they're as talented as the Eagles were in some spots last year. Um, so I was surprised there's, there's seven. I think they're more like five or six, and this could be a team that. Could be in the sweepstakes for those quarterbacks. We said they they could be they could be a 4-1 team. So give me the under on the Giants.
1: I'm with you on this. I think that this roster still resembles too much of last year's. And if anybody watched the Giants last year, there's not much reason yeah. to feel very optimistic about what's there right now. That's not to say that, like you said, um, maybe Sean and, and Dable are able to turn this over, you know, in the next offseason. You know, they kind of walked in pretty encumbered in terms of salaries. Um, coming into this season or this offseason. So there wasn't much they could do in terms of big free agent, you know, kind of turnover. And I think that now just looking at what they have, the offensive line still isn't fixed. You're still dealing with Daniel Jones, who I think at best is probably around a league average starter at quarterback. You know, and I think and I'm probably on the higher end with him than a lot of other guys. And then defensively, they can still stop the run, but that was never the problem for them. It's it's, can you cover long enough for the guys that they have up front to matter, and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams and Aziz Ojalari, and and now adding Kayvon Thibodeau. That does make for a decent four-man rush. I just don't know if there's enough around him for it to matter. And one thing that we definitely saw with uh, Baltimore's old uh, uh, defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, is when he doesn't have that ability to play tight man-to-man coverage and sending all the blitzes in the world, it still gets torn up because you need guys who can play man in order to execute that stuff. So they're in a, I think a very odd situation. You know, I think that this probably needs to be more of a teardown year than a compete and try to win as many games as possible type of season. So I think that seven is definitely a little too generous for where this franchise is at right now. Again, I, I, I hate to, uh, to agree, but, but I'm with you guys. Plus obviously
2: I'm betting against Mike Kafka as, uh, <laughs> as listeners will know. So, uh, all right, Deonta,
1: you're up. So this one is kind of married to the Baltimore pick that I wanted as an over and that's Cincinnati as an under. Mm. Um, And a lot of this really has less to do with like there being some major problem on this roster and more to do with this is just where this kind of team was at last year before they got hot again at the end of the year on their Super Bowl run. You know, I don't want to be prisoner of that moment and if you look at what they were offensively it was a lot of explosive plays out on the perimeter and then not a whole lot else you know there's still a lot of pressure i think that you're going to be facing if you're a joe burrow behind this offensive line for the amount of additions that they made they're all guys that can start in this league and can contribute in this league but aren't necessarily like anchors right they still haven't really addressed that And I don't think that their money allows them to do so. That's not going to come at the cost of some of their other um, high-level role players, you know, and other positions. And then, you know, for them offensively, a lot of it was, you know, guys could sit at home and see that, Hey, if two tight ends are on the field and they're under center, they're running the football. Mm -hmm. Well, if we can see that from at home, then defensive coordinators certainly can as well. Uh, I don't know if they're going to be buried enough offensively in order to make up for that. And defensively for as much as I like Lou Anarumo and all of the adjustments he was able to make throughout the season, I don't know if they have enough high-level players for it to matter. I don't know if Trey Hendrickson is going to be a good enough pass rusher to keep them at the top of the AFC North. And they definitely don't have, I think, top-flight corners for as much as I like Daxton Hill. Um, I don't know if that's where he's at either. So with all that in mind, and I think an AFC North that is going to be healthier and more competitive throughout the season, I can certainly see them taking about a half step back and being more in that 8-9 eight, eight and nine to 9-8 nine and eight region
2: that number is 10 for those of you
1: uh listening along and and
2: uh yeah i'm with you like there's there's a bunch of uh like regression signs flashing um for them and and the offensive line like you're just hoping to get from putrid to like average at best. average right but even still like that seems like a bit of a reach i think the only thing that would like turn things around is obviously joe burrow being a superhero and them actually giving him the keys and and not being quite so run heavy like they were for like the first 3 quarters of last year
3: right it's a hard team for for me to figure out because for all the points Deontay said, I agree with that. At the same time, they have a quarterback who I think like he's only going to get better. I know progression is not linear, but uh, I expect him to like to just continue improving his offensive lines better. Um, like there's there's a lot of things to like about that roster, uh, but I'm not ready to throw my challenge flag yet on on that. So. It's tough. There are these,
2: there are these six teams at exactly 10 wins. And those are, those are a tough group. Uh, Like, like, as you said, Zach, you want that half to play with. Yeah. These, these teams are are tough to to feel super strongly about. Uh, All right. I will go with uh, again, in search of an over, and I'm going to stick in the AFC North Uh, the Steelers at seven and a half. Now I know it's, it's a little bit wild to be betting on Mitch Trubisky or uh, Kenny Pickett starting in week four but I feel like the drop-off from the, uh, you know, the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> from the past two years is not that significant. If, if, if it could even possibly be an upgrade. Uh, everybody knows about the Mike Tomlin never had a losing season. So seven and a half is, is sort of flashing there. I just, I think the defense could be really, really good. And uh, the offensive line, I know that they like truly really tried to get it better this offseason, season. And it looks like it's still sort of a disaster. So that worries me a little bit, but, uh, George Pickens is a fun guy, and uh, I kind of I kind of think that like Pickett might might have a little bit of uh, like late season rookie magic to get them to eight nine wins.
1: I can definitely see that. I mean, that offensive skill position group is formidable, and Deontay Johnson, who's probably one of the fifteen best receivers in the league, you have Chase Claypool as a jump ball threat, and now you're adding George Pickens as well into that mix. So there's definitely going to be options for whoever's playing quarterback to throw to. Um, the thing I'm fascinated by and, and to the point of the corpse of Ben Roethlisberger is he was not only throwing the ball quickly, but he was throwing the ball quickly and underneath. If you still can if you can start pushing that ball more vertically, if you get those one on ones and still get the ball out fast, which I think would be in a Mitch Trubisky and a Kenny Pickett's interest, then maybe you're able to generate more offense, you know, because that that offense last year just had such a hard time generating early down success that wasn't like bubble screens and hitch routes that they were able to turn into six or seven yard gains and a lot of that is a credit to their receiving core Um, my biggest concern or what might keep them from hitting that over is that offensive line because I don't think that you can run behind it for as much as I love Najee Harris some of the work that he had to do just to get two or three yard gains last year, you know, it was, it was kind of Marion Barber-esque, you know, if Eagles fans <laughs> remember that era of Cowboys football, you know, and I, I don't think that you can, um I don't think that you can manage the season offensively if you're not able to run the ball, given what they have at quarterback. Um I do think that this defense will be improved, so that's going to keep them around that seven, eight yard kind of, or seven, eight win kind of mark. Um But I, I do agree with you that if I had to pick right now, I think that there's just enough, to inch them over um, unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong at quarterback for them this year.
3: I'm throwing my challenge flag here. Uh, All right. and, and look, far be it for me. Oh, great graphic Marissa. Uh, <laughs> and I, I, I say that respectfully. Um, and uh, look far be it for me to bet against Mike Tomlin. Right. I, I mean, the track record is, is outstanding there. And if there's anyone who can inch a team, to uh above 500 or five you can't really have i guess unless you tie you can't be 500 anymore um but i just don't see it and i'm not sold on their quarterback situation if they were going with kenny pickett tell him bo says hi or tell michael says hi actually right uh but uh no i mean this is one where i'm trusting vegas and if you look at the at the over under in the uh, you know uh, at the sports books the juice is is with the underside and I, I think that's for a reason here so uh i am leaning under on this it's a good number but i the half point is, is is what edges me i see them closer to seven and ten than i do eight and nine all right i like that
4: so just to just to clarify the rules at home you guys both get this pick correct
2: right well so i have the over zach has the under okay Yeah. Mm -hmm. just
4: just for our rule our rule book uh fans out there that they both have this pick just different
3: so and we have two challenge flags or one
2: you get two you get two two. Two. yeah (laughs) and i believe uh the precedent last year was that if you want two people can throw the challenge flag on the same thing yeah Uh, yeah oh interesting okay Uh, all right my next pick i'm gonna go hmm I, uh, you know, we're, we're talking down the giants, uh, they're like, someone's going to have to win these NFC East games, but eight to me, given the blow up potential of the commanders with Carson Wentz and quarterback, uh, Jack Del Rio, uh, you know, scanning 4chan it's, uh, and, <laughs> and not getting enough time to prep is, is, uh, just, just too much for me. So I'm taking the under on the commanders. Uh, that offensive line, I don't think is very good. Like uh, Chase Young is injured. I don't know. I just, I, am betting on, I'm betting on Carson Wentz having a blow up season and, uh, and having five six wins.
1: I honestly, I have nothing to disagree with there, but that comment just. Triggered a joke in my mind of <laughs> Jack Del Rio having an incentive laden contract similar to Kyler Murray's where <laughs> he's watching the <laughs> One American News Network <laughs> instead right. of, you know, game planning for the week that he loses his contract, he loses his bonuses. Um, but yeah, I think that watching them last year, um, they're pre- they weren't able to generate the same kind of pressure that, that Chase Young and the rest of that defensive line did in his rookie campaign. And that definitely exposed some of the holes that they had in the secondary I don't think that that's fixed. And then if you add in the fact that Carson Wentz is quarterback, and I don't know if that's actually a real upgrade for them this season, I think that eight wins is, like, that would be best-case scenario to me when I look at the commanders this year. I see them much more as a five-win type of team and them probably having some really, really embarrassing losses, um, similar to how they kind of played last year against the
3: best teams in the NFL. Yeah, I, 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 I had them under here, so I'm not throwing my flag.
2: And obviously, no comment from you on the on the Del Rio front. Uh, all right, I, on the what front?
3: Del Rio, yeah. I know, I know oh, you want, yeah. you want to touch that with a ten-foot pole. That's okay. Yeah, no, I'm I'm staying away from that one. Not, <laughs> <laughs> not, not in. Not in uh... Yeah. Not an advocate. I mean, don't take silence as advocacy here. I'm just simply following, <laughs> I'm just following rules that did not, did not get engaged in any political conversation. So, sure, we understand. I'm a company man. It's been, there you it's go. been well documented.
1: There we so, go. All right, Deontay, you're up. Um, I'm going to round out the AFC North. This is probably much more of a stay away team. So I, I really probably shouldn't lean one way or the other, but I'm going to go under for Cleveland. Um, Setting aside, we'll get to the quarterback situation, but setting that aside, just looking at, I think, their defense, this has been like a red flag for me um, all offseason, and that's what they have on the defensive interior, and really just their run defense in general. Um, It was something that they didn't play the best last year. I think they're going to be asking more of guys like Jeremiah Koromoa, who I think is very talented in terms of playing in space, certainly not 100% ready to play in the box, and I think that that's going to be more of a necessity for them this season. Um, you know, I look at what they have on the defensive interior in terms of like Tommy Togiai and Taven Bryan, and I don't even know who's going to start for them at defensive tackle. And I don't know that I like any of their options, um, at defensive tackle this year. And if you're not able to stop the run, then the six, seven playable DVs that you have on the back end don't matter as much. You know, if it's third and three, it doesn't matter how nice your dime package is, you know, because offenses can stay on schedule. Um, and now, you know, kind of looking at that quarterback situation, I've seen what 11 games with Jacoby Brissett looks like. It wasn't good the last time that we had that much extended time for Jacoby Brissett. I don't know if it's going to be any better here. And if teams are just loading up the box to take away Kareem Hunt and take away Nick Chubb, that really puts a lot of strain on him as a quarterback, which is not to his strength. And we haven't seen what, you know, what Deshaun Watson has looked like in multiple seasons you know, God, you know, and God only knows what the context is going to be that he's playing under right. in terms of pressure in the narrative around him. I don't know if that's a healthy scenario for a team to go compete for a Super Bowl, which is, I think, how they envision themselves before the, su- the suspension came down. And I don't feel any better about this roster the longer that I look at it. So I definitely see a lot of under potential for them this year.
2: There's one glaring bright spot uh in the backup offensive line room but otherwise I mostly agree with what you said. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I I, I feel the same way, although I keep going back to I, I said this when we were in Cleveland. I I like their O line, I like their D line. Like yeah. And uh and I, I think when you're good on the lines of scrimmage, you can you're gonna be in, in, in more games than 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 you're not. But I would still lean under because of the quarterback situation. Although I think Amari Cooper, I think people are sleeping on Amari Cooper. So I agree
1: with that. I guess my my concern was like Donovan Peoples Jones and yeah, you know yeah. Anthony Schwartz and all some of the other guys that they're just going to have to rely on that receiver. I think that's uh, I think that's right.
2: All right, Zach, you're up, and then we'll go to our
3: uh, second break. Uh so I'm I'm going over on the Los Angeles Chargers here, and the the hesitancy is the division, right? Because you know there's no easy wins there, but I just I really like that roster. Um, I like what they've done to upgrade it. I, I, I liked what they had last year. And then I think Justin Herbert, understanding development's not linear, but I think he's going to continue to progress. Uh, like their weapons. think their offensive line's better with, uh, with Zion Johnson. Um, I think that now the right side of the line, they still need to figure the right tackle spot. They still need to right. figure that out. Uh, and then I, I just think adding Khalil Mack, adding JC Jackson, who I, who I, I know is, is banged up, but this is a team that I can see popping. So, uh, so give me the chargers.
2: Yeah, that would have been, that would have been
3: high on my list uh, in the next round.
2: So okay. yeah, I just don't want to bet against Justin Herbert. Like, I mean, I know that we thought it was coming last year for this team to be a, you know, like an 11, 12, win team, but, they're all in i feel i feels. it feels like they they have a real chance to, to win 12 13 games
1: yeah i'm with you like for me teams that i'm going to hit the over on are teams that address their problems you know mm-hmm. from the prior season and for them their big thing was still pass protection you go out and get an interior offensive lineman who i think is talented enough to do that and stopping the run and they poured so many resources in their defensive line you know their defensive tackles and edge defenders in particular And I think that addressing those issues allows a guy like Justin Herbert to hit the field and feel like, hey, if I go out and just do my thing, everything else will sort itself out. You're much more protected. I think it puts a lot less on his plate, you know, for as great as he was on third down, you know, especially like third and long situations last year. You don't ever want to ask any quarterback, let alone a young one, to have to perform at that level. And I think that if they can get anything out of this run game to help them control the clock, what they have in terms of run defense, the wide receivers that they have we are all good contested catch guys, even though they don't have a burner. And I think that adding a you know top-tier edge rusher in Khalil Mack to play opposite Joey Bosa, they've got all the ingredients you need to go not only win a division, but really be a force in terms of pursuing a Super Bowl this season. Zach, are you good to keep going instead of the break? We should maybe save
2: the break, uh, if that's all right with you.
3: Uh, sure, sure, yeah. Um, sorry to, sorry um, to throw you off. No problem at all. A uh, little game you know, and shit
2: there. Yeah, that's exactly right
3: so last year so, so just to give our actually you know what why don't we do
2: the i'm not kidding <laughs>
3: uh, No, to give our our, our listeners and, and viewers a behind the scenes is last year we did this pod audio on audio only right mm-hmm. so it was much easier to have all all your sheets in front of you right when it's on video uh like I need to look like I'm listening to what Bo is saying because if I'm not, he's going to call me out on it. Um well, I don't care if you time. look like it as long as you're <laughs> actually doing it. <laughs> but then at, at, at the same time, I'm trying to figure out uh, which, uh, which direction to go. Um, so, all right. I have one here that I'm on the fence with, um, but I think I'm going to do it, okay? And I, I imagine... I imagine Bo is gonna throw his his challenge flag here. I'm getting to the point where after you know in, in year four, I'm starting to get to know my host a bit. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going over on the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. And I'm going over on them uh because first the number off is 11. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I should establish that. Okay. The, the number of where we're working here is eleven. Um, I I think that year in, year out, they've proven that they're a double-digit win team. I'm not belittling the loss of Devontae Adams. Not at all. But, um, and shout out to to Marissa and the entire Athletic NFL show, um, and in particular, Zach Kiefer, uh, when I was listening to to the Luck podcast. One line there, I think it was from David Shaw, that really resonated with me, where he said, if you ask, he was talking about the mistakes that were kind of made in building that Colts team. He said, if you ask these really high-level quarterbacks, they would tell you, build the line of scrimmage, right? And they can get by with without top receivers because they can raise the level of play of the receivers more than they can raise the level of play of, of the protection. Correct. And I remember listening to that point, and that really stuck out to me. And then I've seen, I wish I had these numbers in front of me, but I've seen the numbers for Aaron Rodgers without Devontae Adams in, in his career. And look, I am by no means saying this is a great wide receiving core, uh, but I think the offensive line is there now that we see the, the injured players are coming back. I think this is a really good defense. Um, they are so tough at home and they're in a soft division uh, where they can pack up wins. So history suggests that they're going to be in that double-digit win area. If I'm pushing at 11 and winning at 12, I'll take that. So give me the Packers in. And, and uh, I, I like them as a potential Super Bowl team. I, I know that's, that's, that's not uh, – Only like if the Niners bold... don't make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a good point. I know that's a bold comment. To, uh, it's not a bold comment to make when they're that high, high up there. But uh, I just think that all the pessimism of, uh, about them is about losing Devontae Adams when they still have the quarterback and the line play.
1: No arguments for me on that one. I'm not. I'm not going to throw it. Interesting.
3: Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm because you were sour on that in this offseason.
2: Yeah, because I, I I do think that like push come to shove, having no Devonte Adams is going to mean a lot. Uh, like I, I do think they are maybe. I mean, they know what Devonte Adams is. It's, I, I agree with your point that Aaron Rodgers can make the receivers better, but Devonte Adams is so good right. that I feel like it's that that loss is uh, underrated to some degree. But the division is so bad. Uh, the home field advantage. And it's like you, you know, you've got to pissed off Aaron Rodgers and motivated Aaron Rodgers for the regular season. I I mean I could see them winning nine, ten games if he stay even if he stays healthy, but but I'm not gonna throw the flag. I think it's fair. I think I, it's a fair pick.
3: I see the point Colin in our chat makes here. What happens if 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 Rodgers gets injured? The thing I'll, I'll well, say is that you can say that about I was every say, team. Any really, quarter,
1: Any team starting yeah, quarter, red.
3: Except maybe the Eagles in, in San Francisco are like the two teams who their win total probably doesn't dramatically change. If the quarterback goes down or their win projection, but or uh, the Texans, but like other ones, yes, yes, right, <laughs> right. But like for any of these, these playoff teams, you can say that about any of them, so you can just take the under for any of them based on that logic. Yeah, right. I think that's right. Yeah,
1: all right, Deontay, you're up. Um, I really wanted to hit an over, but I feel like <laughs> if I don't take this one, then it's not going to be available <laughs> to me the next time around, and that's going to be the under on the Cowboys this mm. season. Um, I just look that at you 10. know. Yeah. And they're set at 10. So when I look at the Cowboys, I think about what were the things that made them so dangerous in the first half of the year. And it was their versatility on offense, right? The fact that they could get into all these different personnel groupings and they could really be a threat running the ball, both with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. They had two tight ends who were good receivers and blockers. And you had, you know, multiple wide receivers, each of which you can make an argument could be a wide receiver one for teams. And then you look at the second half of the year, no Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin is hurt. You're a little bit banged up on the offensive line. Dak Prescott is banged up. And then you start to see a little bit, not not cratering, but you certainly saw some regression back to the mean. Well, basically, the way they ended the season is the way that they're just playing now in, 2020, in 2022. You've had some losses on the offensive line. Um, you're talking about no Blake Jarwin. So now there's less two tight end sets or three tight end sets that they were able to use to really put some strain on defenses. You don't have Amari Cooper anymore to play you know as that while he lined up as the outside receiver he was probably best served as their third option the guy you could hit for explosive plays over the top so Gallup and lamb could kind of work those intermediate areas there's nobody there to do that for you either and then when i look at the other side of the ball for them defensively They weren't the best run defense, but it didn't matter because of how often they were getting after quarterbacks and forcing turnovers. You lose one guy in your pass rush stable and Randy Gregory that puts more strain on the, on the plate for a Demarcus Lawrence. That means more time on the edge for Micah Parsons. And that is what he does best. But I think that the best version of Parsons is a guy that you can do whatever you want with and not try to, I guess, kind of pigeonhole into one or two roles. So I look at just their depth chart. Some of the guys they've lost, and then I just think about regression in terms of turnover luck defensively, some of the explosive plays that they weren't able to generate, you know, the wild card round against San Francisco obviously stands out in that way. And I just have a hard time seeing how they're still a double digit win team in 2022.
2: Can we give you a second to, uh, to, to give your Trayvon digs. I feel like, I, I feel like that's established. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I think that one's established. Fair enough.
2: Uh, yeah. I mean, like they've still got the two best players in the division, uh, mm-hmm. which is like enough reason to be somewhat optimistic. But but I do think that like signs are pointing the opposite direction. So yeah. so I'm not going to challenge that that call.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm staying away from this one. But I think that it's kind of I, I it's I, I, I think it's almost ironic now. I mean, usually the Cowboys are the team that gets all the hype, and I think there's there's like so much uh, mm. anti hype against them. right Right now that that um because they did they for the first time really didn't have a splashy off season um i i think that there's i think people might be sleeping on them a bit now but there are too many variables at at play for me to throw the challenge flag at that i was hoping to stay away from that one i'm glad you took it deontay
2: and that is now officially all three NFC East teams in uh, as an under in in this draft which not a (laughs) a good sign for the kind of guess yeah which way we would have gone for philly all right uh I'm going to take, hmm, uh, I'm going to start by taking the uh, the Cardinals under at eight and a half. Uh oh, This is, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like this is another blow up potential. Uh, yep. You know, Kyler Murray is, is this, he's around such an aging cast. It's such a weirdly built team. And I know you talked about this with Robert uh, on the podcast, Deontay, but like, that team is old, like all over the place.
1: Very wow. sneakily. You wouldn't think so because of the the age of their best players. Right. Are are their most intriguing players? But the guys who spend the most time on the football field are all old. They right. And then while. even guys
2: who aren't old but like uh, are old in football life, like James Conner as a running back. Uh, right. And like we're pretending like like Hollywood Brown is gonna be some uh like huge addition. This some panacea to the offense without DeAndre Hopkins, who's missing six games. That defense was very good last year, and it's hard to expect him to be as good. Uh, given the year-to-year variance. And so 8.5 for the Cardinals, to me, feels like a a pretty solid under.
1: I mean, you just look at and you add in what the top of the NFC West looks like. Yeah. This is a team that regularly struggles against San Francisco, regularly struggles against the Rams because of pass rush, you know, that they are able to put on Kyler Murray without blitzing. Um, You know, this is a team that over the last couple of years has cratered in the second half of seasons. Last year was obviously kind of helped by the fact that DeAndre Hopkins was hurt. But now you lose, I think, some of the ability to start off hot the way that they have over the last couple of seasons because you don't have all your weapons. Guys are a year older, and I'm just not in a position where I feel confident banking on Zayvon Collins breaking out or banking on Isaiah Simmons, who is a guy I still believe in. I don't bank on him breaking out. You know, I, I can't bank on J.J. Watt still being an anchor in terms of a run defender. Right. You know, they lost Chandler Jones, who was their best pass rusher. Like, if you just look at all the ingredients, none of those things point to a team that can still compete to make the wild card round. This has major crater potential, like you were saying, Bo, and I-, I can't throw my challenge flag on this. I would not be surprised at all if this is going to be everybody signed an extension and then everything just kind of fell off the ceiling yes. the year after. That- that's exactly kind of what this season feels like is on the way. All right. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Ahead, I okay. I
3: agree. I was just gonna say, agree with all the above, but it's still hard for me to bet against Isaiah Simmons. So, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> hanging on. Hey, I'm with you, man. I'm yeah. I'm hanging on for dear life with this stuff. <laughs> yeah. It it, <laughs> it just it just takes a little bit more time. It takes. A, I was watching that Clemson game. All right. I had it on in the background last night, the Clemson game, and I'm like, man. Remember when Isaiah Simmons was running around the field for the, in, in that jersey? So, uh, still, still hanging on to Isaiah Simmons, but not challenging that one.
2: All right, I am like, I am desperate to find an over here, and and there is not really one that I feel great about. Um, and so, in lieu of that, uh, I am going to hit the, I'm going to hit the Lions under at six and a half, um, mm. and thinking that maybe there's a, a slight of a, a, a slight bump at uh, of the Hard Knocks. Now I know that their their lines are good. Um, but I feel like we're all pretending that Jared Goff is not Jared Goff. Um, and like this guy's going to win seven, eight games. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, who knows if Jamison Williams is going to come back and be a factor at any point, um, that de- that secondary is not very good. I just, I mean, I, it feels like we're still talking about, I mean, this is the Detroit lions and I mean, you watch hard knocks and <laughs> I mean, there's some, there's a lot of unserious people in charge there. Uh, it feels like to me, and so, so I'm, I'm, I'm taking the Lions under.
3: Speaking from a, a very serious uh, podcast. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> it's funny, man, with the Lions. Like to me, if you told me that they're around a six and a half win team, I can believe it in terms of how competitive I think that they're going to be. But somebody has to point to me where these wins are actually coming yeah. from. Yeah. I just don't know what teams are actually beating. You look at the division, and it's like outside of Chicago, I think that they are still roundly worse than the Vikings and the Packers, and I just don't love what they have at quarterback. I don't love what they have on offense in general. Um, Aside from the fact that I really like this offensive line, I just don't think they have enough skill position talent for Jared Goff to not be a problem for them. So I think they'll be in every game. Basically, this is going to be that regular team that you don't want to see if you're sliding and you're a good team because they're really going to pound on you. You know, that, that's a team that can get in the way of a team making a wild card or winning a division by, you know, beating them when they should, you know, by losing to the lines when you shouldn't, um, I should say. So I definitely see them being very competitive, but I can't count on seven wins at all. There's no way. I can see them being a seven and 10 type of team.
2: Yeah. It just doesn't feel like Aiden Hutchinson's arms are long enough to reach that over.
3: <laughs> I will You'll get be to, here all week guys. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to our, our lions heavy talk later in the week yeah. when we, but uh, the thing I'll say is that I agree with all your points um, for this bet though. And in the NFL in, in general, this is not a team that you, you want to see winning a few games are not supposed to early. Because right. I think November and December, um, they can really start to catch steam. Deontay made the point about their skill spots, and I agree with that. Right now, um, Bo mentioned Jamison Williams. If Jamison Williams gets healthy right. or is 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 back, and all of a sudden in December, you're looking at an offense with Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Shark and and TJ Hawkinson DJ, and, right. and, and and Swift out of the backfield, um, and you have that offensive line protecting them. Uh, they can start to make some noise then. So I don't see them as like a seven or eight win team. But if they steal two games in September and October, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden this is in play.
1: All right, Deontay, you're up. All right, so finally back on the overs, and this is actually kind of a sneaky Super Bowl contending team for me, and that's uh the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. I'm going to give them the over. I feel like this has – 12 win potential and I think that the difference between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan is significant enough to uh, to make them real contenders and they went down to the end of the season last year probably were a playoff team if Carson Wentz does not perform the way that he did you know to end the season, Um, and, and you look at that running game with Jonathan Taylor. Their offensive line is not perfect, but I think it's just good Matt enough. Matt Pryor, We're,
2: starting left tackle.
1: Yeah, I, I don't love it, but I think they might have just enough. And what they lack, you know, I was listening to uh, the AFC South podcast with Derek Classen and Robert Mays, and I do agree with Derek when he talks about Matt Ryan being the perfect kind of quarterback to be able to mitigate, I think, some of the holes that they have up front. And they've got the skill position talent, maybe not a number one wide receiver, but I think enough at receiver to uh to be able to get the most out of ryan and that defense i think especially up front should be able to get after the quarterback enough for them to dominate the afc south um i think that this timing is perfect with tennessee falling off a cliff in my opinion they're going to be able to pick up a lot of cheap wins in division against jacksonville against houston against tennessee and i think that they're going to be good enough to be able to beat a couple of the better teams in the afc and come out as you know maybe a top two seed um going into the playoffs
2: this was the over that I, that, that I was thinking about on my last pick. Uh, it's a good pick. They've got the easiest schedule in the league in terms yep. of Vegas win projection uh, totals. The only thing that was holding me off is Gus Bradley has been such a bad defensive coordinator uh, the last couple of years. Right. But, I mean, I do think, I do think the gulf between Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan is, is probably enough to, to make this happen.
3: Philly he can use an area native in the quarter in the Super Bowl again so uh <laughs> starting I should say area native quarterback so right. I
2: I like, of course
3: <laughs> I, I like that <laughs> sneaky Super Bowl pick All right, Zach, you're up and then this time we will take the second break okay. after your first pick. um so this is a team that has has been getting some buzz and I can understand the buzz. I'm going Minnesota Vikings over nine and a half and yes, I saw another believer. I don't <laughs> love them. I don't love them. Yeah, that was a I, higher number than I was expecting. Exactly. I, I feel the same way. Uh, but we've already talked about Chicago and Detroit. So there's some division games there that that they can win. I think. And and look, I don't know Kevin O'Connell. Um, but I I I think that by the end of the Mike Zimmer era, they, you know, I I, I I'm I'll give a shout out to Tyler Dunn. He did a really good piece on the culture change in in minnesota um and so like that one uh and i th- i just think they have talent and i i, I think they can get to 10 wins so i will go minnesota here but i i mean there's a reason i'm making this pick at 429 and not like 338 because right. uh, you know i'm not totally sold on it
1: i would say the one issue that I still am having a hard time reconciling with Minnesota is the fact that everything behind their starters is not good at all. Like one through 22 on this roster, it's just as good as anybody else in the league, but the natural attrition, I think that's going to come with the rest of the season is what's really kind of giving me pause on how good their ceiling or how high their ceiling actually is. Like this can definitely be a team that wins 10 games because maybe they go on a real hot streak early when everybody's healthy. But if guys start missing time, especially at key positions, um, I think that they're going to have a really difficult time playing on both sides of the ball. Um, But I will go with you. I I, I do believe that Minnesota is a good team to pick on the over. Uh, Kevin O'Connell is a San Diego native. I'm 100% in the tank for my guy. So uh, hopefully it represents the hometown well. And I think that because of the division and I think what's at the bottom of this division, they definitely have some potential to maybe fall backwards into 10 wins this Mm. year, if nothing else.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's all right. I, I'm like itching to throw my flags, and yeah, I can't keep
3: it, keep it in there. All
2: yeah. right, well, five flags uh, still out there, and then we'll we'll get to uh, Marissa's team at the end. But for now, we take a little break before we come back with the start of round seven with Zach on the clock.
0: It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: All right. Back on Birds with Friends. we got about 25 minutes to get through the final three rounds here. Uh, Deontay, very generous with his time. Zach, you are on the clock.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the... uh... I'm looking at the New Orleans Saints. No, that's a joke because I, I wanted to pretend I wasn't listening to you earlier. Um <laughs> always because no. you explain the joke. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I know we're tight on time, so I couldn't play out. I, I was gonna play the joke out <laughs> a little longer. Um, Los Angeles Rams. I'm staying in Los Angeles here. I'm going over on them. They're they're 10 and a half on here. That schedule is brutal. Yes. Uh that there, there might be a little, you know, Super Bowl hangover here. Um, but I just I really like the roster. And they seem to get better this off season. Uh, they, they add Allen Robinson. Okay. They add Bobby Wagner. Um, they get cam makers healthy this year. Uh, so there's, there's just a lot to like now left tackle situation. You know, the offensive line, you're not crazy about it, but this is a coaching staff that has shown they can win games. And uh, it's a cool, you know, I, I just, I think they can get to 11. So, it might be 11 and six, but I'm going with 11 here.
1: I think my only hangup has just been the the potential for that champagne hangover to really yeah. last a while because they don't have a ton of depth on this roster. You no, know, um, I think that if they're going to hit the over, it is going to call for, I think, Allen Robinson having an excellent year. I think they're going to need to get a lot more um, out of Henderson and Akers as our running backs. And you've got to hope for Matthew Stafford health, health, you know, and at this point now, I think there was such a rush to react to some of the ways that they were talking about Stafford's elbow in the preseason that now they're all coming back. and so saying like, no, nah, it's cool. It's cool. He'll be fine. And I do take Matthew Stafford to be a pretty tough quarterback. So he's never going to pull himself out, um, you know, under these types of circumstances. But I do have some concerns if they're if their guys do start getting hurt or if they're not going 100 percent because everybody's just playing for the postseason. Um, I do wonder whether or not they have enough on the back end of this roster, similar to Minnesota, for them to be real contenders late in the season.
2: Yeah, it's the elbow. I mean, it's it's the it's the champagne in the elbow. That's what that's what worries me, and the schedule. Yeah, uh, I'm still not going to throw it. <laughs> All right, Deontay, you're I'll, up. Wait, ahead, real Zach.
3: quick here, just just uh, for 15 seconds. Uh, there was news as we were talking: the Eagles placed Andre Dillard on injured reserve. Uh, mm. the injury came out as we spoke last week, but now they open a spot on the fun, the 53 man roster.
2: And of course this is week one. He was on the active roster yep. for week one. That's, right. uh,
1: something for a separate game that we'll talk about another time. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Deontay, you're up. All right. So my AFC sneaky team, in the last round was Indianapolis. This is the one that I feel like anybody could take with the bullet and that's, uh, the Buffalo bills as an over this year. Um, you look at the AFC East, I expect them to absolutely dominate it again this season. Um, even for losing Brian Dable, I think they've built up enough of an infrastructure offensively for them to be able to sustain that. I don't think that Ken Dorsey is going to be much different from a play-calling perspective, and I think that they're trying to add a little bit to what they do offensively. You know, drafting a running back, I think that they're opening the door for Isaiah McKenzie to get more touches. A guy who down the uh, down the stretch last year, they used on screens and jet sweeps and things like that, where they can get the ball out on the perimeter to stretch uh, defense side-to-side. It really allow, you know, Josh Allen to use his legs as well to put a lot of strain on, you know, all 53 yards of grass laterally. I think that we'll see a lot of that again this year. Um, and I'm at this stage now because of the improvements that he's made. I'm just taking the very best of Josh Allen, especially what we saw at the end of the season and in those two postseason games to just be who he is now. And if that's the level of quarterback they've got with what I think might be the best defensive roster in the NFL that, to me, is a number one seed in the AFC and a team that I absolutely expect to see playing at worst for the AFC championship.
2: Yeah, this feels to me like I don't, I don't know if they're going to pull it off in the playoffs, but this is a team that is like very motivated, it seems like, to to put a stamp on the regular season and make it their own. Um, and as you said, it's the AFC East. They, they should have a chance to to rack up wins. All right, i got a I got a back-to-back uh situation here i'm gonna go with uh sticking in the afc east i'm gonna bet against the patriots i'm gonna go under eight and a half That's another uh, i one, just i just you know i i don't wanna i don't wanna not trust bill belichick but i also am not gonna trust a combination of joe judge and matt patricia as uh like the now it's probably gonna end up that bill belichick is just the offensive coordinator in in actuality but uh I'm betting up against the pencil and, and the, uh, the concussion uncle. So Mac Jones, I don't know. I'm under. That's all. Uh, just in, in the interest of keeping things moving. Zach, are, are, do you have anything to say on the Patriots?
3: No, I was going to say true to form. You have, I think two overs and the rest are unders. So yeah, uh, I, so yeah, there, right. you, you, you pound the unders. Um, I'm so, uh,
2: I'm so torn on the Niners because I love, I love that defense. I love D'Amico. They have that, that screaming uh, like positive regression coming where they were, they were like one of the best defenses in football, but didn't get a lot of turnovers. And so I feel like that's going to flip. I feel like they're going to be like a top three defense, but on offense, like I find it so silly that the most precious thing in the organization, this young quarterback They've hired Brian Greasy to be his quarterback's coach like, yeah. straight from the booth. What yeah. is going on now? I'm again, this is probably just Kyle Shanahan taking over there, but uh, I've got the two sides. Like, do I, do I want to go with D'Amico or against uh, what's what feels like an odd situation on offense? Like the Jimmy G thing. I think everybody knows that that's going to play out in some weird way um but I'm gonna I'm just gonna bet on D'Amico and I think you've you've convinced me Zach because I have too many unders so I'm gonna go uh the Niners over 10
1: wins this one kind of hurts me because this is probably this might be my favorite team or the team that I'm most excited to watch this season um, is the Niners because of what you were describing uh, defensively for them? I think that if they're able to force any turnovers at all, what they have in terms of pass rush, which is like a true stable of like five to six guys, both on the interior, on the and on the edge, that can get after the quarterback. You have the best linebacker in football, and Fred Warner playing behind them. And I think that if they get anything at all out of their safeties, you know, they, they address the cornerback position enough to where this might end up being as complete a defense as we have in a league outside of Buffalo. Um, And if Trey Lance is anything close to what I think he can be, and I do trust that Kyle Shanahan will be uh, able to get the most out of him. uh, I think that encouraging him to use his legs a bunch will probably be a big piece of their offensive success, if they're able to have it this year, and if they can keep him, Trey Lance and Elijah Mitchell healthy, I think the speed that they have on offense to kind of go and balance out what they are as a physical downhill running team, that's enough. I think for them to kind of dominate that division and be at the top of the NFC or one of the top teams in the NFC this year.
3: Love Trey Lance this year. It's going to remind you of RG three in 2012. uh, Right. I mean, it's, he's going to, um, all I, I heard Bo said. We all know how the Jimmy G thing's going to turn out. I right. don't. I think I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get paid well to be a backup quarterback uh, because I think Trey Lance is going to be awesome this year. Um, I am a believer, uh, and you know I I, I think Shanahan's going to scheme it up and he's going to make it work.
1: I was at the, the comparison I would actually make is to Jalen Hurts last year offensively, mm. especially when the Eagles got hot, you know, in that midseason uh, portion when they kind of left some of the RPOs behind that I think that Nick Sirianni wanted to run and not being as spread pass, and being a little bit more spread to run um, offensively. I think if you're able to incorporate that for Lance with all the big bodies that they have and how punishing they can be in the running game, that might make the game really, really easy for Lance, similar to how the game was made easier for a healthy Robert Griffin, the third, you know, in his rookie year, I'm going to look like the, it looked look like Washington was just going to take over the lead. All right, Deontay, you're up. All right, for me, because you took San Francisco, which was going to be my next pick, I'm going to go with, Carolina. And this is one that I mm. really do not feel good about at all. Like six and a half. If this this was, yeah. If this were a true kind of a uh, betting scenario, this will 100% be a stay away but I'll go over um, as somebody who was probably as low on Baker Mayfield last year when he was hurt. I do think that this scenario will allow him to get back to doing some of the things that he does best, which is being really efficient with getting the ball out of his hands, not having to work through complicated progressions. Um, the, The only issue I think I have with this roster is the offensive line, but I think that they have everything else that you need for them to be competitive in a weak division. And I love what Phil Snow has done with that defense. Um, for as much as it pains me to say, I do think I'm willing to put my uh put my trust behind Matt Rule for as much as I think <laughs> this, this, this has lame duck potential, I think, for them this year. I, I do think that there's just enough roster wise for them to be able to be a 7 one team. Like I think this will be just over that six and a half mark for them this season. Zach, you got you're gonna throw it or no? This was a stay away from me. Okay.
3: No, because I mean I I I could see. I can see them getting hot and getting like the eight or nine games, but I'm staying away from this. And game. again,
2: this is the same, like this is a team that is motivated to win that seventh, right. eighth game because of the coaching staff. So yep. yeah, I, I want to throw it, but I'm not going to. Zach, you're up.
3: Uh, so I am going with Houston under here and mm. four Oof. and a half is not a big number at all. Right. So you're looking at a team being really bad Well, I'm looking at a team being really bad. Right. Um, You know, I, I don't quite get, What's going on with this roster? Um, I I don't love that division, but uh, still, I I think that they can maybe eke up the three or four wins. But this is not like a six or seven win team.
2: I'm gonna throw my flag. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give the Texans uh, five or six wins. I kind of like Davis Mills. This is a team that like uh they're they're not really doing the right thing right it seems they, they've signed all these like veteran special teamers yeah. it seems like they're like their goal is to win six or seven games and so i think maybe they will win six or seven games and be stuck in that uh that dead zone that it's not really going to be helpful for them long term
0: this
1: is a stay away for me because i truly believe that there's merit to both arguments here um Davis Mills, I would not say was a good quarterback last year, but I think that for a third-round pick that they probably had no idea would actually have to be their guy last year or something that they wouldn't have preferred. I thought that he acquitted himself pretty well. I think they have decent offensive skill position talent. I still don't love the offensive line, though. Um, Then you look at them defensively, and some of the pieces are like, Okay, I like this name or I like that name, but I don't think I like the combination of all the names together. I don't know if I believe in Levy Smith as a play caller, but I think that bringing in all these veterans who are basically all on prove it deals to um, what to what Bo is saying, I think there's a, there's a lot of motivation for them to try to go out and win as many games as humanly possible, because it doesn't really matter for them. You know, the crater that they're in now, they're still going to be facing this upcoming off season. So I don't think that win or lose, it really helps position themselves much better, unless the goal is to say that they need to have the number one overall pick because they want to leave it with the top quarterback in this draft. All right,
3: Zach. Uh, so I guess I'll go on the opposite end of the spectrum here, and I'll go over on Tampa Bay. Mm, and mm. I'm worried about their offensive line. Like legit, you know, I shouldn't say legitimately worried. It doesn't the Five up teams in the-,
2: in the league with the highest over unders, all uh,
1: all bet over yeah. by the three of us.
3: Yeah. Um and but I, I just think on paper they're really good. Uh I know there's a coaching change here, but I, I don't think that affects them. I, I like Todd Bowles. Um and there's only two things that concern me here. Oh, and I, I like the division for them, the rack up wins. The two things that concern me is that offensive line, in particular the interior. And then, you know, if Tom Brady uh, isn't there for some reason, right? But um, if if Tom Brady's your quarterback, you're going to be a double digit win team. And so give me, um, I'm kissing the ring. Give me Tom Brady.
1: The NFC South is so bad. That it's so bad. It's just so bad that I, I can 100% see them getting over here. I am. I think that for me, it's less about the win total and more about whether or not they're a real contender. And that roadblock to me is going to be that interior offensive line. Um, you know, we saw a little bit of the pressure that they were under when they played the Rams last postseason, and they've lost guys. You know, this might just be one of those. Roster attrition years because they've held this core together um, as tightly as they have, you know, since Tom Brady's been here. So I can certainly see this. If there's going to be a step backward season, this looks like it might be shaping up to be that. Um, But because that division is so bad, I can still see them being a 12 win team that we might look at at the end of the year and say that for all of the talented guys they have, that they might not be real contenders because of what they are on the offense up front.
2: Just looking at the teams that are left, the bets that are left, I don't, I don't love any of them, uh, and, and the challenge flags are use them or lose them, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it here on the, uh, on the Bucks under just because there are so many possibilities for them to win, you know, 10, 11 games and still hit the under. Like, Brady misses any time. That offensive line right. is so bad. Right. Even though the, the division's easy, I'm
3: going gonna, I'm gonna to take the under. Now, Real quick, you the defensive backfield is them also them. not the greatest either. I, 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 you said use them or lose them. I thought we have to use them, right? Well, yeah, you have to use them. Yeah. Oh, okay, I mean, yeah. okay. So, okay, I, I got worried. I was like, wait, yeah. I didn't have to throw the flags. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. All right, Deontay, you're up. All right, I'm going to take it back to uh, rebuilding teams, and I'm going, I'm looking at Jacksonville to hit the under here, um, and that does not mean that I'm not happy about what this. Off season was in terms of bringing in a regime of real adults that actually understand how the National Football League works and how to prepare to actually win games and put guys in position to succeed. Um, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I have nothing but the best things to say about Doug Peterson. Um, I trust what uh, Mike Caldwell is going to try to build with them up front. I think that some of the young pass rushers that we see for them already have a lot of potential, obviously headlined by uh, Trayvon Walker, who might just be explosive enough for I think some of the lack of refinement in his technique that I've detailed before, for it not to matter early in his career. Um, But looking at them, and there's still just so many roster holes. You know, again, a lot like Houston, you look at some of the names that they have, And in certain roles, you can kind of envision if you squint success for these guys, but a lot of them are kind of being thrusted up to being number one at their position or being paid like the expectation is that they're going to be at or near the top of their position. You know, Christian Kirk, you look at bringing in a guy like Darius Williams, who was somebody that for as much as the Rams liked, they had to kind of build that defense around moving him around so he would not be a liability because of his size. Right? I think that they've got a lot of youth at linebacker that they're going to be leaning on. Even Luakun, who I like as a linebacker, as a decent starting linebacker, I think he's kind of overpaid and then they went out and drafted a bunch of guys to play the exact same position as him so i don't exactly know how everything's going to sort out for that defense like i said they've got the skeleton the bones of a team that can eventually pull themselves out of the hole that they dug under urban meyer i just don't think that they're there yet so i would certainly expect them to still be a 5-1 team this season
3: i'm throwing a challenge flag here all right um and i'm i'm doing it look i'm i'm, I'm not saying they're going to be this great team but if you're looking for a second-year quarterback to take a jump, I think Trevor Lawrence has the tools to do it. I agree there's a coaching upgrade here, and there's a, and there's a, a bad division. I can see them uh, beating Houston twice, right? And there's, and there's two wins there. So I can squint and see them getting the 7 and 10.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, it's just, I mean, you can't, you can't overstate the gulf between Urban uh, and an adult in the room but I just think the roster is so bad. Uh, I, I don't really believe in uh, what Trent Belk is doing, but, but I think you're right. Like if you're going to bet on somebody bet on Trevor Lawrence to uh, rise the tide uh, and lift the tide of all boats. So I think that's fair. All right. Uh, I got my last two picks here. I'm going to go with. I'm going to start by going with the dolphins at nine and I'm, I'm going to eke to 10 wins. I think they're going to go just over. Um, I like that defense. And this is like small sample size theater of, of uh, one joint practice. But uh, <laughs> I, I like what I saw. And I think that division, like I, if I'm if I'm betting on the, uh, the Patriots to hit the under, and I think the Jets are obviously not very good. I think I think the Dolphins can rack up some uh, some easy wins. And they just got they have so much speed on offense. I don't know that I believe in in Mike McDaniel long term, but I think that uh, I think that getting to 10 wins and he's like this year's Brandon Staley golden boy of the media. Mm. Uh, I can see that playing out. So give me the, the Dolphins over.
1: I'm going to throw the challenge flag on this one. Nice. Um, a lot of this is just maybe kind of lack of belief in Tua for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't see, I don't see eno- quite enough out of him yet for me to really lean all the way in. And that's with me liking a lot of the things that you described. I think defensively, some of their young guys have progressed to a point where. They're legitimate role playing or, you know, dependable starter types of players. Uh, You know, their pass rush, I think, has improved year over year. Um, They probably get just enough out of Ogba and uh, and Christian Wilkins up front to be a a real defensive line. They've added some things, you know, in terms of Melvin Ingram as well, who is a guy who I think is in a perfect scenario to not be asked to be a number one pass rush type, but somebody who just kind of adds into the rotation. So again, I can squint and look at this team and say, hey, with the pieces that you've got in the in a weak AFC East, outside of having to deal with Buffalo you know, twice a year, I think they can beat everybody else. I just don't know if there's enough to sustain them throughout the course of the year. I'm not a big Mike McDaniel believer yet, um, and I need to see that this speed matters enough to cover for, I think, some of the struggles that Tua has with dealing with pressure. Now, the loss of mobility that he's had since he sustained that injury his last year at Alabama i think kind of goes underrated that was a big piece of him being able to stay on target on schedule as a quarterback was that he could really navigate the pocket well and he still struggles with that at times so i want to see if they go more the two back true shanahan type of offense where they're really trying to protect him and give him a bunch of play action and just use the speed that way and if they're able to do so then maybe that changes my opinion. But the more spread out, I think that this team will have to play, the more obvious passing scenarios that they land themselves in, I think the more trouble that might spell for Tua, and that's kind of why I have them as an under candidate this year. I think that's all fair. All right, the, uh, the four teams left. We've got the Broncos at
2: 10, the Raiders at 8.5, the Jets at 5.5, and, and the Falcons at 5. Uh, with my final pick in the 2022 Spread Your Wins and Fly draft, I'm going to go... I'm going to go Broncos under uh, just because I think that the, the chargers and chiefs, I think are going to be so good. I find it hard to see them get into 11 wins. Um, I don't love the team around it. Like I know, I know that Russell Wilson's never had a losing season. Uh, he only, he's never missed time until last year. Uh, but that defense, like we're expecting it to be better than it was with, with Vic Fangio last year. Uh, I right. got a bunch of first time coordinators. I mean, I like, I love Patrick Sertan, but um, I'm just uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet against the Broncos. I'm
1: sorry to, uh, to Mr. Unlimited
2: and, and the whole family.
1: <laughs> no arguments for me on that one. I'm just not a believer. Um, I don't think that there's enough yet to yeah. say that they can beat the Chargers or the Chiefs at the top of this division.
3: I could argue that one, but that division just I, – I don't know what to make of it. Like yeah. I mean, you could tell me any team there gets 12 right. wins. You could tell me any team gets eight. and uh, I, would, I would believe you.
1: All right, Deontay, your last pick. My final pick will be uh in the afc west as well i'm going with las vegas and i'm hitting the under for them um they have not addressed the defensive backfield which was a major reason why gus Bradley's defense was bad last year um there's not enough there in coverage i think to make up for what they did add in terms of pass rush I'm um, bringing in chandler jones to play aside uh max crosby i think that that has the potential to be really good but like i said not enough at linebacker not enough in the defensive backfield i think to make that matter and I really do not like this offensive line at all. I don't, I. it's been so long, I think, that since we've seen a Josh McDaniels offense have to operate with the bad offensive line, um, and for what they have in skill position talent with Darren Waller, um, Devontae Adams, obviously, and Hunter Renfro, I don't think that they're gonna be able to protect long enough for Carr to get the most out of his offensive weapons. Um, and you add in what they're dealing with the, the rest of this division, this is a team I can see being competitive and not being a bad team, but still losing maybe every division game this year just because of what they're dealing with and what they have to see across the field from them on a week-by-week basis.
2: All right, Zach. You've got the Jets at five and a half and the Falcons at five. And Deontay, you're basically committed to throwing your flag here, I guess, yep, whatever on one it is.
3: Yeah, so look, true to form here, I'm looking at at, at the sheet. I've, I've picked uh, six. Yes. I've picked six overs or four no, statically and then and then, one with oh, the yeah. challenge flag, right? right. so you, uh, yeah, you've
2: got seven overs, and uh Deonte and I both have seven unders,
3: so yes, yeah, so <laughs> um I probably uh, you know there's probably a, a a psychologist out there who can diagnose something there um but i'm I'm going with over again, I'm going with over on the new york jets mm. uh it's it's a i I don't love this team, but it's a low number. it's a bad division, and although. Part of the reason it's a bad division is because of them. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but, <You're> right. <laughs> but, but, uh, like, I, I, I really like their draft. I like their skill spots. Um, and, um, and I think Carl Lawson back really helps their, their, their pass rush. And then I also saw Connor Hughes say that they were like, the 72 Dolphins against the Falcons in joint practices. So, uh, I don't know <laughs> what that means. What does that mean? No, he didn't say the 72 Dolphins, he just said <laughs> that he said they they dominated uh right. the Falcons in those practices, like and so uh, so, anyways, I'm I'm going with like a, a 6 and 11 year from the Jets, so give me over. And they're like patting
2: each other on the back, celebrating that they got six wins.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, All right, so if I have to make an under argument uh, against you got to throw the bad boy, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: if I had to make it, a lot of this is going to start with Zach Wilson. A, um, you know, I don't expect him to be available for a little bit, still nursing that meniscus injury. Joe Flacco is not a winning quarterback, even as a backup at this stage in his career. So I don't have many high hopes while he's holding down the fort there. Uh, Mike White, while he was halfway intriguing in the time that he played quarterback as well, I think if he's out there, they're probably losing games as well. Um, And then I look at them defensively. And while I see some pieces to be interested in, obviously you have Sauce Gardner, I think is the big pick for them uh, in the draft this past year. You have Jermaine Johnson, who I think will be an interesting guy if they're able to develop him, somebody who can both play the run and get after the quarterback. Um, But you look at Carl Lawson, who had to miss all of last year, basically, with an injury. I don't know what he's going to be quite yet, and I still don't exactly love their linebacking core. Again, just like Houston, Jacksonville, some of these other teams that are in rebuilding positions, you can start to see the skeleton, you know, for them at running back. Some of their wide receivers, I think, are interesting, uh, but I don't think that they've gotten enough done in terms of up front with what they have, you know, at, at offensive line to really make up for the fact that Zach Wilson is just a bad young quarterback right now. And I don't think that they have enough to really carry out Robert Sala's uh, vision for what they want to be defensively check back in maybe two seasons. And I might feel differently about them, but I still think that this is like a year zero year one type of situation for them building this roster out. Check back in two years. We'll see if he's still there. I think it's right. Right. All right. Right. Let's
2: quickly run it down before we get to uh, Marissa's big moment. Uh, I've got the bucks under chiefs over. Broncos under, Niners over, Dolphins over, Cardinals under, Patriots under, Saints under, Commanders under, Steelers over, Lions under, Texans over. As I read this, I feel like I probably don't need to do this for everybody, but I've, I've, I've done it for me. So I should do it for the two of you. Deontay has the Bills over, the Bengals under, the Cowboys under, the Colts over, the Dolphins under, the Titans under, the Browns under, the Raiders under, the Panthers over, the Jags under, the Jets under. The Seahawks over. Zach has the Bucks over. The Packers over. The Rams over. The Chargers over. The Ravens over. The Vikings the over. The optimist. Yes. The Steelers <laughs> under. The Giants under. The Jags over. The Bears under. The Jets over. The Titan. The Texans under. And Marissa, you are on the hook here for the Falcons over under five wins. Hashtag Marissa's Falcons. What are we gonna get?
4: Um, Well, in my, like, 30 seconds of research looking at their schedule right now, I'm going to go with under uh, five. Um, I don't know what that says about me, Zach, if I'm, you know, like... (laughs) This is your first under. Yeah. yeah. So I've not done well with the over the past two years. I was honestly hoping I got the Jets because then I could just Mm. pick the over because, you know, I do the Jets podcast. So, like, got to endear their fans, too. Um, So thanks for that, Zach. Um, (laughs) But... Yeah, um, not sure I believe in uh, Mariota down there, but um, I don't know. Sorry, Falcons, I'm gonna go under five. So,
3: all right. Well, yeah. oh, Wolf right. is head coach, and you're betting under. Okay. Oh, just, just, wow. You know, wow. No, that's Jeez. the joke. That's Ouch. the joke.
2: That's our, one, our of, one, of the, one of the meanest things anyone's ever said. About <laughs> him.
1: Hey,
3: man, there's a lot
2: of FedEx inheritance in
1: yeah. behind yeah. that guy. I don't know if yeah. you should yeah. feel so bad about that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
2: I'll, I mean, I'll trade with him. All right, Deonta, you have been like overly generous with your time. Thank no, you so thank much. You I feel like it would be me. very silly if we brought you on this podcast and didn't ask you just one time, like, what's your prediction for this Eagles season.
1: Um, I think it's kind of, I was tweeting about it when the Chauncey Gardner Johnson trade went down. But to me, this is at worst a year that you should expect to compete for the NFC title. But I think even bigger than that, this is a situation to get a clear evaluation of what you do and don't need at the quarterback position. I think that this is probably the best roster non quarterback in the league, or at worst, top three. Um, And I think that you're going to get a real quick picture on whether or not this roster is good enough to compete for a Super Bowl. So if Jalen Hurts is able to rise to the occasion, and I think if Nick Sirianni is able to scheme enough around him to, like he did last year, to keep him in protected situations, then you have the potential to really make noise in the NFC, um, not just in the division. Uh, But I would say that I'm probably, this is probably about as encouraged as an Eagles fan as I've been for this roster in quite a bit of time. Probably since they got hot right during you know at the end of the season for that super bowl run I, I haven't felt as good about a roster since then all right well that sets
2: us up well for the rest of the week in which uh, we will talk about our big picture predictions for the season and also obviously uh zero in on the matchup in week one against the lions so
1: stay tuned also to- sets up well to bring me back in two months to talk about how i hate myself if this season <laughs> goes sideways just like everybody that's you know that's <laughs> the
2: arc of the season that's how it works So uh, we'll talk to you soon, later this week on Birds with Friends. Deontay, again, thank you so much uh, for your time. Thank Uh, you. Thanks to all the listeners. Thanks to Marissa and Zach. For everybody and Elijah and um, Jessica's slides, I'm Beau. Thanks for listening. And as always, we love you.